Hello and welcome to Startup. I'm Alex Bloomberg, sitting in, as I occasionally do, as the host of this podcast. Some of you longtime listeners to Startup may recognize my voice from previous seasons. Others of you may be like, who is this guy? Where's Lisa Chow and the other voices I've been hearing? For you, a quick recap. I'm the CEO of Gimlet, the company that produces the Startup podcast, as well as many other podcasts. And the very first season of Startup was about the launching of Gimlet Media. Gimlet Media was the original startup profiled in the Startup podcast, and I was the original host. Anyway, a lot's happened over the intervening four years. Lisa Chow took over as the host of the Startup podcast. She started profiling other startups besides our own. But occasionally, I'll come back with mini-seasons about stuff that's happening at Gimlet. We're bigger now. We have over 100 employees, a bunch of shows, but we're still very much a startup, still going through all kinds of change. And for the next four episodes, I'm going to be taking you behind the scenes for one of the crazy changes that's happening here at Gimlet. Change that started as a little idea to do a new kind of podcast and ended up here. We have two stages combined as one right now because our set is so big. They're saying it's the largest stage in Southern California, which I'm not positive that's true, but it's, it's a big I'm standing inside hangars 23 and 24 on the lot of Universal Studios in Hollywood. My guide, Anastasia White, is giving me a tour. These are all the client rooms. She's the production designer on the set, which means most of the dozens of people frantically working in this massive, massive room work for her. They're building a huge multi-floor set, a simulated medical facility. Here is the staircase to the third floor. Um, The entire ceiling of the third floor flies up. In other words, the massive roof of the facility is attached to massive pulleys that can lift it off to accommodate camera shots from above. This is a shocking sight for me because I know that all this activity, the lighting guy rewiring exit signs, The painter meticulously staining 100 doors. The hundreds of designers and craftsmen and technicians who are working here. The hundreds more actors and producers and grips and camera operators who'll show up when the set is built. The millions and millions and millions of dollars that will ultimately be spent on this production. It all grew out of a podcast came out launched in 2016 called Homecoming. The improbable story of how one podcast led to this frantic lot at Universal Studios is the story I'll be telling over the next several episodes. It's a story with unlikely protagonists, bold ambitions, and surprising cameo appearances. And it's a story that took us, Gimlet, to a place that I could not have conceived of four years ago, a place called Hollywood, where we just might set up permanent residence. Welcome to Startup. So we're going to start this story long before that set on the soundstage in Universal City, before the podcast that inspired the set was even written. We'll start it back in the early days of 2016, when we had this idea. We wanted to launch a fiction podcast, a podcast where the stories and characters were made up, like TV, but for your ears. We had hired a head of scripted fiction, Eli Horowitz, and Eli and I were trying to develop a script. The problem was we couldn't find writers we wanted to work with. Either the scripts they'd written weren't what we were looking for, or the writers themselves were like, what's a podcast? No thanks. But then in early 2016, Eli handed me this script from a young writer named Micah Bloomberg. No relation to me, by the way. It was a one-act play, and the dialogue was smart, the scenes had a lot of energy, and we thought maybe this guy would be interested in writing a podcast script for us. Because not only was he talented, he was also hungry, 
See, writing wasn't his day job. His day job was being a sound mixer, working as a crew member on local film and TV shoots. I was like on the shooting crew, which is more the grunt work. So you were like, during by day, you were on the, on the set, holding the boom mics, yeah. eating at the craft services, yeah. looking bored yeah. with your job, and like that, that was you. Yep. Did you ever think that was gonna be your career? Sound? Yeah. It was my career. I mean, did you think that it was going to be your career for life? Yeah. Which, you know, would have been fine. Except, like a lot of people you probably find on film and TV crews, he had this other dream, to be a writer. And so, on nights and weekends and in between gigs, he'd pursue that dream. He'd write his own stuff. He'd write scripts on spec. Any gig he could get, really. And since he didn't have an office where he could write and hustle for gigs, he had to improvise. So at that time, every day, I would go to the NYU library and write during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes during the day, I would, like, take calls. But I would do it, like, in the hallway where the kids were all, like, laying around sleeping and studying and stuff like that. And if it's during finals, you have to be kind of quiet when you're taking these calls and stuff. And people get mad at you. And it was here among the sleeping students that Micah took the call from Eli Horowitz, Gimlet's head of fiction. And he said, I am working on these scripts for a narrative podcast. Um, And I think he actually said, do you know what a podcast is? (laughs) And I think he was like, because I didn't totally either. Micah and Eli ended up on the phone for over an hour, kicking around ideas for fiction podcasts. And then over the next several weeks, they wrote the first episode of a podcast they named Homecoming. The story is set in a mysterious government facility called the Homecoming Initiative which provides counseling services for military servicemen and women recently returned from battle. It follows a therapist who works there, Heidi Bergman, and one of her clients, a veteran named Walter Cruz. When Micah and Eli showed me the script, I liked it, but it was hard to tell how it would actually sound. None of us had ever done this before. So we decided to hire local actors and a sound designer, and we threw together a rough pilot. I thought the pilot of Homecoming was going to get me fired. Like, I thought, when I heard that, I was like, oh, wow, this is a huge, like, this did not, this, I can't believe how this turned out. This is, like, torture to listen to this. I'm like, these these people are never going to call me back. I didn't think that at all. The whole point of an early pilot is to hear all the mistakes that you will inevitably make when you're trying to do something for the first time. So my expectations had been pretty low, and they'd been wildly exceeded. There was something really exciting in just hearing this intimate conversation between Heidi and Walter. And so we decided to go for it. We paid Micah more money. He and Eli got to work writing the rest of the season, and it just picked up from there. We got the scripts refined. Eli managed to land some pretty big actors, Catherine Keener, Oscar Isaac, David Schwimmer. And in November of 2016, Gimlet's first fiction podcast, the first episode of Homecoming, launched. It sounded like this. Oh, yes, hello. Hi. Walter. Heidi? Yes. Hi. Hi. Hi nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Do you mind if I record this to you? Sure, sure. It's just for my reference. Okay. Stop. Oh, is that an aquarium? That? Yeah. Uh, you like fish? No. <laughs> oh. It was the uh, the guy I replaced. I think he liked fish. Huh. You see that hose there? It's bubbling right over them. Yeah. I just wonder if they like it or it makes them uncomfortable why don't we sit down 
And Homecoming, it was one of the few things that Micah had written that actually made its way out into the world, that people actually engaged with. These characters he'd created, real live people were responding to them in ways that, somewhat shockingly, Micah had never really considered. In episode three, at the end of episode three, there's kind of a twist. And somebody put up a gif of a towel twisting. Uh And they said, episode three, homecoming, twist. Uh And then I just realized, like, they are wondering what happened to this woman. Why this woman who works at a diner now and used to have this other job, like, they want to know, like, what happened to her? Yeah. And I know how crazy that seems, but I was like, yeah, they're really curious to find out. And And why did that not (laughs) occur? Like, why you wrote it? How did you not know that? I'm sorry, I know it sounds strange. The idea of someone like being like, I wonder what happened to Heidi. That's just the furthest thing from my mind sometimes. But then they were, they were really into, they wanted to know. And then I think that was incredibly gratifying. And that felt so good to have people engage like that. It was finally happening for Micah. His writing was connecting with audiences. It was crazy. But little did he know, it was about to get a lot crazier because of the brainchild of another person at Gimlet. In fall of 2016, there was a thought of, you know, maybe we could try to put this together for television or film. Um, and Now, hold on. I want to stop you for a second because you said back then there was a thought. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whose thought was it, Chris? <laughs> that, was, that was my thought. That was my... <laughs> this is Chris Giliberti, who works at Gimlet. Long-time listeners of this podcast might recognize his voice. He's been on it before. And he had this thought back in 2016 for a reason. That reason? Alex Inc. Okay, so listeners of this podcast or very close viewers of the ABC Summer Replacement Series lineup might be familiar with Alex Inc. In the first year of the company, Hollywood producers had come to us about licensing the first season of Startup, the season where we chronicled the formation of our company. And we did what in the business is called optioned our story. We signed some papers, handed over the rights to the story, got paid a little bit of money and said, sure, go make a TV show based on season one of Startup. We thought nothing would ever happen because most of the time nothing happens. Millions of things get optioned. The vast majority never get made. But lo and behold, season one of Startup did actually get made into a TV show. And we had nothing to do with it. We didn't get to help write the scripts, cast the actors, make any kind of creative decisions. Just one day, Wednesday, to be precise, at 8.30, 7.30 Central. It was out in the world. And then, a couple weeks later, it wasn't. It was canceled. That experience got Chris thinking. What if we didn't just hand the reins over to someone else? What if we took an active role in turning one of our podcasts into a TV show? And to Chris, Homecoming seemed like the perfect vehicle to test this theory out. I think a lot of the things that were working in the podcast, you could have easily imagined working in a visual medium. Um, Mm -hmm. It felt like you had this great, great role at the center of it, which was the Heidi role. Mm -hmm. And so that was the hypothesis. But testing that hypothesis would mean doing something we'd never done before, stepping into the role of a TV producer. Coming up after the break, like so many dreamers before us, we head west to seek our fortunes in Hollywood. There's no instruction manual for being a successful TV producer. It's all about navigating the arcane world of Hollywood, an industry famous for running on insider connections. It was a big, perhaps naive bet that we could come in as first-timers and get anything done. But we did have some help. 
Early on in the formation of Gimlet, we'd signed up with one of the big Hollywood creative agencies, CAA. And we had our own film and TV agent, Jackie Katz. And so Chris and Jackie got together and came up with a plan. The first step of that plan, attach talent. It's a little like in those heist movies when the mastermind is assembling the team of super criminals. There's the safe cracking specialist, the computer whiz. What we needed for our team, one, a big time director or head writer who'd worked on a hit show, ideally a thriller. And two, a big name actor who was willing to commit to the project. Chris and Jackie came up with a list, dozens of names long. And then Jackie took that list back to the folks at our talent agency, CAA. They'll take the podcast and they'll send it out to those folks that we're looking to reach. And then and then you just wait for people to get back to you. Yep, that's right. That November, my agent came to me and told me uh, about this podcast. This is one of the big names that was on that list. The director, Sam Esmail who had recently burst on the scene with his hit show, Mr. Robot, which he wrote and directed. It was a commercial hit, critically acclaimed, and it had the same tense, edgy sensibility that Homecoming did. So we'd sent the podcast to Sam and the studio that finances his projects, Universal Cable Productions, or UCP. And initially, Sam wasn't interested, but not for the reason you might think. And I asked, I was like, well, is, is, it, is it any good? And they said it was great. And I said, well, then why mess with it? You know, um, I'm not in necessarily in the business of taking any great piece of art and translating into into something else. But they encouraged me to at least listen to it as a fan. So I downloaded it. I binged it in one sitting. I was so absorbed by the story. Um, and then I binged it again. And we, I was on a road trip and uh, on the road. And I that's when I started to think about there are things we could do visually. So Sam said yeah, I'm interested in this. And he got on a phone call with Chris and Eli. He came to the call with a lot of enthusiasm for the material. Um, His enthusiasm in particular felt really palpable, and it felt like he was already thinking ahead. Sam really stood out because he seemed to get it much more from a formal perspective Mm -hmm. about sort of the way we built this thriller out of these conversations. Mm -hmm. So that was exciting just from a, um, he seemed to get it. But remember, we were here to test the hypothesis that we could take a bigger role. And taking a bigger role meant specifically a role for Eli and Micah. Since they'd written the script for the podcast and we trusted their vision, we wanted them to have a senior role on the TV version as well, either as writers or showrunners. But Eli and Micah didn't have any experience doing this. So would Sam and UCP be willing to take that risk? From the very first conversation, Sam was like, you should write it if you want, direct it if you want. I don't care. Do whatever you want, as much as you want. Um, and I think that's just part of like their ethos. But that's weird. No one ever really like felt us out to see if we were sane or nice or good people or uh-huh. capable or anything. In other words, exactly the partner we were looking for. And so Sam and UCP got attached. We had our first addition to our supergroup, a buzzy director. This heist movie was underway. Now we needed an actor. And it just so happened that Chris and Jackie Katz had sent the podcast to an actor they really, really wanted for the Heidi role. But this actor, she was a complete moonshot. 
so, so I'm going to start just with a, a question. I start with everybody, but I feel self-conscious, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Tell me who you are and what you do. I'm Julia. Uh, can you tell me your last name? Roberts. <laughs> Julia Roberts. We sent her the podcast and she actually listened to it. I remember distinctly listening to it whilst sorting the 10,784 Lego pieces in my son's bedroom. And I was just so gripped because to me, it's like old fashioned radio show and just the the sound. I just remember the bubbles in the fish tank right. and thinking, God, this is so cool. I was in the office in the third floor left call room. <laughs> um, the fact that I remember this so vividly, I think, speaks to how exciting it was. <laughs> um, and I was on the phone with Jackie Katz and Michelle Crows, who is our motion picture lit agent at CAA, and they mentioned to me. What did they say? Uh, they um, just sort of said that she's listened and she loves it. Uh-huh. You know, the way that they're sort of situated in Hollywood, they're dealing in names like that all day, every day. So I don't I don't think they were jumping up and down, you know, um, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> we all were. Julia liked the podcast. It was really exciting. But there was still work to do before she joined the team. Specifically, Micah and Eli needed to write a pilot script for the actual TV show, which was different than writing a script for the podcast. So over the next several months, Sam Esmail and UCP worked with Eli and Micah to develop that pilot script. And then, once it was written, UCP got together with Julia's team, showed her the script, talked with her about the project, and eventually worked out the contracts to get her officially signed on. So then, then we're really excited, I mean, because we've got, you know, a great script. We've got Sam, who's a hot name and super smart. Um, and we've got Julia on board. And it was sort of like, all right, let's hit the town and see uh, who wants this thing. <laughs> but as anyone who's ever watched a heist movie knows, assembling the team, that's just the beginning. Now, we've actually got to go get the money, which we needed to do as well. And that meant going around Hollywood to all the big networks and making our pitch. It's a very formal process, actually. This, again, is Micah. He was part of that crew of people hitting the town. That crew included him and Eli, our agents from CAA, Sam Esmail, and executives from UCP. And their goal was to go to these big networks and say, look, here's our idea. Here's our super group of people. We'll make you a great TV show. Give us the money. It's in a big fancy conference room with like an army of really nice, very friendly, very enthusiastic executive people. Um, and there's water for everybody and coffee and there's like a good amount of chit chat. And like, he's like, I saw you at the fucking party, you guy, I can't believe you. And like that kind of a thing. And, but they're, you know, like really nice. And then, um, and then Sam kind of describes his enthusiasm for the, for the podcast and how he sees the show. And then Eli and I do our bit, which is to describe the plot of the TV show and the feeling of it and our strategy for putting the season together. And then everyone says, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. And then you stand up and, and shake hands. And then we went and then there was a driver and he was taking us between. So um, he kept saying, they only send me for the winners. <laughs> He said, they don't send me just for anybody. You're in the winner, you're in the winner's circle here. And then we were like, well, that's that's great, you know? And he just kept saying, you guys are in the winner's circle, you don't need to worry. I'm Darren Littleton. Um, 
I drive for BLS Limousine Service. BLS have certain drivers that, that, that pick up high-end clients. And I'm one of those drivers. So I basically had to let them know if I were picking you up, you got something that's either going on or you got something that's about to be happening. If you're not in the mix, we're not fooling with you. Okay, so this was the scene. Micah, Eli, their driver Darren, driving around LA from meeting to meeting. And it was the end of the day. They'd just left their last meeting. And so then we're just riding in the car, and then our both of our phones rang. Eli picked up the call. I think it was Eli. I can't hear the people talking, but I can hear him. And um, he was basically repeating what they were saying. So I guess Michael could, could hear. Amazon had offered on the show, like immediately after we left. We probably got off, and then we're just sitting in stunned silence, and then... We might have shook hands. Again, Eli Horowitz. We'll say we shook hands <laughs> if, you, if you want us to. <laughs> yeah. No, it wouldn't make a good scene in a movie. It would be so deflating. Well, depends on whose movie you're making. I just remember him saying, like, oh, my God, I can't believe we got this car. Uh, this is huge. Uh, this, this, could be, this could be big. And it's like, oh, my God, can you bleed this? Can you bleed us? I said, yeah, of course I believe it, even though he wasn't talking to me. I believe it. You're back there. It's, go, it's going down. If anything, Darren was more prepared for the news than Eli and Micah. He'd had more experience with this sort of thing. And he had a plan for what to do next. So we dropped Eli off at the hotel, and Darren said, you're going to be moving out here. You need to have a place. You should live in Burbank. I'm going to take you over there. I'm going to show you Burbank. And I was just in such a daze, and I had nowhere else to go that day. I was like, you know, that sounds great. I don't do real estate, but I, I live in L.A., brother. I've been here for 15 years. <laughs> so um, I decided to drive him around and, and, and let him see a, a couple places, and they thought he thought that was exciting. So it was exciting to have them uh, in there at that time. I've seen that before, and I've seen Oscars come out of cars like that. <laughs> So let me ask you this, Chris. Like, this was essentially like our first thing that we brought to to market, essentially, right? Like, this was our first project that we tried to do this with. Yep. Um, and it ended up in a two season order with like one of the hottest showrunners out there and one of the the biggest stars in cinema history attached to it. How is that? It, I mean, how much of that is, how unlikely is that? It's incredibly unlikely. <laughs> like, we should all expect that it's never going to happen again. <laughs> Just consider the sequence of events that had to go right. The podcast, Homecoming, needed to be a hit. Then we needed to get it in front of the right people. And then two of those really talented people, Sam Esmail and Julia Roberts, both needed to be interested and have holes in their schedules at exactly the right time. Not to mention all the big structural changes that were taking place all around us. The rise of new platforms like Amazon and Netflix and the intense hunger for IP to fuel this prestige TV boom. And then all the smaller things that needed to go right. Like Mike and Eli, who'd had one conversation on the phone before starting a writing partnership together. They actually got along. They could have hated each other and quit midway through season one. 
I think of it like flipping a coin 12 times and it coming up tails each time. Uh-huh. There's not one flip that is so crazy. It's just right. that it keeps happening. It's like, all right, I guess so. <laughs> I do think there's something, I haven't thought about this before, but I think there's some um, parallel between like the relationship between you to me and then me to Micah and then Sam to Micah and I, where it's kind of like each time it was the person making the decision actually like facilitated and said like, all right, let's do this instead of kind of making it difficult, which is often the case. And then the person who was given the chance kind of aggressively running with it, you know, it's like when I talked to Micah, I'd been like emailing other people who just were like slow to respond Uh or were like podcast, what's that? I'm waiting to write my TV show or something, you know? And then in the same way, like Sam is just like, go do it. And then we went and did it. And so at each step, um, there was kind of this semi-grounded trust, semi-leap of faith that was sort of rewarded. A semi-grounded trust, semi-leap of faith that was sort of rewarded. It's not exactly an inspirational message you'd put on a coffee cup, but I do think it describes the beginnings of any potentially exciting venture. And for Eli and Micah, it meant that their lives had changed dramatically. According to the deal they'd signed with UCP, they were showrunners and executive producers. Showrunner, that means they'd be running the writer's room, in charge of the scripts, every decision about every line or stage direction. It would flow up to them and Sam Esmail. In other words, in a very short time, Micah had moved a long way from hustling freelance work in a university library to helping run a big-budget television show starring Julia Roberts. What that's like, that's coming up in the next episode of Startup, when Mike and Eli go to Hollywood. This episode of Startup was hosted by me, Alex Bloomberg, and produced by Stevie Lane and Luke Malone. We were edited by Devin Taylor. Mark Phillips wrote and performed our theme song. Build Buildings wrote and performed our special ad music. Additional music by the band HotMoms.gov by Bobby Lord and Haley Shaw. Peter Leonard and Sam Baer mixed this episode. Special thanks to Chris Giliberti. To subscribe to Startup, you can go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts, or check us out on the Gimlet website, gimletmedia.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Startup. And for our fans in Canada, we are doing a Startup live show on Saturday, November 3rd at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival in Toronto. Eric Mennel, the host of the recent church planting series, will tell stories, talk about how we make the show, and there will be an exclusive preview of our next season, along with a Q&A with Lisa Chow. That's Saturday, November 3rd in Toronto. You can get tickets at hotdocscinema.ca. That's hotdocscinema.ca. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week.